Thank you. You can take your seats in the room. It's so good to be launching this series, which we're doing throughout December and actually the first week in January, and uh, called Hope is here, and we're doing it across all of our campuses, and this morning, all of our campuses, we're in different rooms, but we're all together, and if you're at any of our campuses today, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham or Stocksbridge, and you're new, this is your first time, or you're joining us online for the first time, we want to say a massive welcome, so come on church, let's welcome people in all our rooms today, it's so, so good. Uh, I recently heard a story of uh, a guy who went to a TED conference. TED conferences, TED stands for Technology, Entertainment and Design. And they've been going for many years. And this person went to a TED conference in America, California. And one of the talks that day was entitled, Hope is Possible. And it sounds positive, doesn't it? Hope is possible. But this person said, it didn't, it didn't sound pos- uh, positive to me. Hope is possible. Because if hope is possible, it means hope isn't here. And I have to say that story was the inspiration for us at Icon Church to say, well, let's across the whole of December and into the first week of January, let's make a declaration that we believe that hope isn't possible, but that actually hope is here right now. And uh, I'm kicking off this series, again, which will continue in the following weeks in all our campuses, with the title of the message called Hope Has a Name. And I want to show us today that the name Jesus and the name of Jesus shows us the hope that only he can bring. So, are you ready? Are you ready in Rotherham? When Joseph realizes Mary is pregnant... This is a Christmas story, I guess we're all aware of that. He plans secretly to divorce her, but an angel visits him. An angel comes to Joseph, and one of the things the angel says to Joseph is this. It's from Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I read about a psychologist who studied the names of 15,000 misbehaving teenagers. And this psychologist discovered that those with odd or embarrassing names were in trouble four times as much as the others. Maybe there's something in the name you're given. Maybe there's something in the name you end up with. Names are significant, aren't they? So, So significant that often people go to court to have those names changed. There's a a, a name expert and another psychologist who says names tell you a lot. They tell you a lot about the parents, even more about the parents than they do about the kids. They often reveal the values of a family and their goals for their children. For example, during the 60s, 1960s, lots of parents were young And they were part of a counterculture revolutionary generation. And they wanted names for their kids that no kids had ever had before, that were different to the status quo. Here are some of the names that 60s kids got stuck with. Are you ready? Morning. No, not good morning. I'm not saying good morning. 
morning. That was a name given to a child. Carrot. Name given to Sunshine. Fender. Ben Lloyd in Stocksbridge. Gravy. And Doobie. Imagine calling a child Doobie. Now, if you don't know what a Doobie is, come and see me later. Any Doobies in Derby this morning? I hope not. Then I thought about the top names. Every year there's a list, isn't there, of the top names. So the top 10 girls' names in 2021, and we've got some of these in Icon Church, actually. Olivia, Sophia, Lily, Amelia, Ava, Mia, Isla, Freya, Ella, and Rosie. Rosie. What about that? Yeah, I'm surprised. (laughs) Top 10 boys' names, 2021. Are you ready? Mohammed, Noah, Oliver, George. George and Rosie both get in. (laughs) What about that? Leo, Theo, Freddie, Harry, Jack, and Arthur. Interestingly, in the list of the top 100 names, Roman seeing as there's a little Rotherham theme with these names going on. Roman was number 52 in the boys, but Paul didn't make it in the top 100. Names also, uh, some parents like to name their children uh, in connection with the surname, like a play on words. Here's a few real ones. Last name Turner, first name Page. It's true, it's true. Uh, Don't blame me, it's true, it's true, all right. What about this one? Last name Poole, first name Jean. That's bad, isn't it? Last name Case, first name Justin. Justin Case. And of course, in Chesterfield, our campus, we've got our very own last name Bond, first name James, our very own 007 baby. I'm talking today about hope as a name and that The name is Jesus, and the name Jesus points us to a hope that only can be found in him. We need hope. I mentioned at the beginning the TED community, and that technology, entertainment, and design used to be a community of hope, and a place where they were designing and thinking and imagining and creating a better future. But it seems in recent years that community has become obsessed with the end of the world, Actually, with a destruction that is coming our way and one we can't avoid. Elon Musk, as many of you will know about him, believes humanity's greatest danger is that we will destroy ourselves. And therefore, he is seeking an alternative place to live by colonizing the planet Mars. In the 1970s and 80s, actually, it was the church that was always talking about the end of the world. I can remember that. Um, they were talking about that people should get ready for the afterlife, ready for eternity. Perhaps you can remember things like this. I've got a couple of pictures that you would see people with this picture. The end is nigh. Can you remember that? You still see it in places. Or this one, people with placards that said, prepare for the end of the world. But you know, I always thought those things were strange because although it's good to think about eternity and the afterlife, as the church, we carry a message of hope. 
We carry the message of Jesus. And our hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. We know in society today, anxiety is rise, rising. They tell us we're living at a time when anxiety is at its highest level ever. And I want to suggest this morning, maybe anxiety is rising because hope is failing. Let me say that again. Maybe anxiety is rising because hope is failing. You know, maybe we've trusted in the progress since the enlightenment of humanity, how we're progressing, how we're moving forward, but then we still have things like 9-11, refugees crisis all across the globe. We have the concern about climate change. What about racial tension and the reality of racism that still exists in all the systems of our world? And then we've just been through a pandemic and fear spread and covered the globe just like the atmosphere covers the whole of this tiny blue planet. The emotional energy and resilience of people seems to be low too. Even the British, who are known for our stiff upper lip, we've been locked down in fear, haven't we? But there is hope. I'm so glad about that. And that hope as a name. And that name, Jesus, reveals the hope that only he can bring. You know, in the Bible, we know this in the scriptures that names meant things just like they do today. And biblical names were often descriptive of the personality or the calling or purpose of a person. David, for example, means beloved. Abraham, God changes Abraham's name from Abraham to Abraham, and because it means a father of a multitude. Jacob, as a meaning to his name, it's deceiver or grasper. Isaac, that name implies laughter. Moses means drawn out. Mephibosheth, who I talked about last Sunday night, that means from the mouth of shame. Ichabod means the glory has departed. But the name Jesus means our God saves. Hope is here and hope has a name and that name is Jesus. I believe the Christmas story, this Advent season, clearly shows us that the hope of the world, the hope of the universe is a person. Hope was what the angels sang about. That hope lay in a manger. That hope caused Mary to wonder in her heart. That hope that the shepherds was the hope that the shepherds came to worship. That hope presented, was presented with gifts from the Magi who had traveled so far. The Advent story is a hope story because it chronicles the coming to earth of the one who is hope, our hope, and his name is Jesus. So I want to jump in this morning, just in these last few moments, is into the name Jesus and into the person of Jesus and talk about why the name of Jesus reveals hope that we can grab onto 2,000 years after that hope first came into the world. So I don't know where you are, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Stocksbridge, Rotherham, wherever you are online, I want you to be ready to hear God's word this morning as we look at these three things that I want to share. I've got three comments. Here's the first. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me say that again. We can have hope today because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus came as a baby 2,000 years ago to show us in the midst of an imperfect and anxious world that there is hope. 
He came to say, look at me. But not just look at me, look to me for hope. This is what hope looks like. It's the person of Jesus. And even though he was murdered and crucified, hope was not lost because he would rise again three days later. He showed us that when we have hope in him, our hope is never lost. And even death cannot defeat that hope that is found in him. He said this about himself. John 14 and verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, Jesus said. We ask sometimes, don't we, how should we live? How should we live in this moment? How should we live in maybe this relationship? How should we live in the midst of an anxious world? world? How should we live? And Jesus says, look at me and look to me because I am the way. Jesus was a non-anxious presence in a world of opposition and hostility. He was a joyous and faithful worshiper despite a life of trouble. That was his way. He is the way, the scriptures tell us. Follow him. And my encouragement to us all this morning is that follow him, but follow him all the way. Don't just pick the bits of Jesus that fit your personality or your character or your lifestyle. Follow Jesus all the way because he is the way to hope. You see, the way of Jesus is not just a set of practices that you could put on an A4 sheet and you could bullet point them and say, I need to do what Jesus did and and therefore I need to have this set of practices. You know, things like prayer or solitude or fasting, uh, things like healing the sick or casting out demons. Uh, You know, the way of Jesus is not a list of things that Jesus didn't do. You know that he didn't sin or he didn't do this or he didn't do that. But the way of Jesus is a choice. You see, Jesus chose to follow God and not self. To not do what Adam in Genesis did and go his own way, but to submit to God's way. And to submit to God's way in everything. So that when Jesus says, I am the way, that's what he's calling us to. To submit and to follow God in everything. He says, I am the truth. I don't know if you've ever asked the question, what should I believe? Sometimes we believe our own version of the truth, don't we? My my, people talk about my truth and your truth and my truth's as valid as your truth. But, But we need to ask the question, is there any absolute truth that we can follow? And Jesus said, I am the way, but I am that truth. Sometimes we follow and believe our own version of the truth or the truth taught in university professors or the truth that we're comfortable with because of how we feel. Sometimes we follow the truth taught on our TV screens by the entertainment industry who preach a message to us through those screens that corresponds to the spirit of the age. But Jesus says to us, 2,000 years on, I'm the truth, I'm the way, And I'm the truth. And when we follow his truth, he promises this. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I still believe 2,000 years, you know, since Jesus came, I still believe that Jesus is the truth. And following him as the truth actually sets you free. The truth, he says, will set you free. 
our hope can be found in the truth of Jesus. Some years ago, I preached a series called Believe Like Jesus, and that was focused on believing the things that Jesus believed and embracing his truth, and I'm still passionate about that today. I hope you're passionate about that too. And then Jesus says, I am the life. You know, the question, where do I find life, is subconscious, I think, in every human being. And uh, how do I find life? It's a common question throughout every generation. In New Testament times, people believed that there was a quality of life that only God could give. And when people asked, how can I find life? Or sometimes they asked the question like this, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's what they were asking. How do I find that life that only God can give to us? That's what they were asking. And Jesus said in response to the question, that's me. I'm the life. That life, that quality of life that only God can give is found in me. You see, Jesus didn't just come to show us a way to live, but he came to give us, give us the power to live it. He came to give us life. If we could do it on our own strength, then we'd have done it by now. We'd have conquered it by now. The world would not, if we were so progressive as human beings, the world would not be filled with the wars and the rumors of wars and the trouble that it faces as it does at this moment. But God, by his very nature, is life. And he gives his life to you and to me and to us. Hope as a name. And that name is Jesus. So if we're looking for a way to live, if we're looking for a way to live our lives, there is hope because Jesus says, I am the way. If we're looking for the truth, we're a truth seeker and we're wanting to know what works, what will lead to a happy and prosperous life or a happy and secure life in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of pressure, Jesus says, that's me. If we're asking the question, what will cause me and my family to flourish in every season? What could make me a non-anxious presence in this world? Jesus says, that's me. I am the life. Hope is here. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I wonder today, are you leaning into him? Guys, all you guys online, are you leaning into him? Up there in Sheffield, are you leaning into Jesus? My prayer is that you will. The second comment I want to make about the name of Jesus is, Jesus is God with us. Hope is here because God is here. I think if God wasn't in our world, active in our world in some way, we would be hopeless. If you take God out of the world, imagine the destruction that would happen, and it would happen quickly, I believe. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we read it. It says this, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're in Advent. Advent is the, this is the second, actually, Sunday of Advent. And Advent is a time of waiting. I tried to get, we don't do Advent calendars. I tried to get an Advent calendar, but I couldn't. All I got was a selection box this morning at the... Uh, shop, but I wanted to, to, to show that, you know, that Advent is a time of waiting. It's a time of remembering that people waited for generations and centuries for God to fulfill his promise, but there was that big 25. 
There's a little chocolate on day one, day two, day three. I was hoping to eat one right now, but of course I'm not doing this. But it's a time of waiting. And it reminds us, that selection box reminds us there's a promise still to come. And sometimes we we need to wait, but God does fulfill his promise. And he fulfilled his promise 2,000 years ago. And he will come come through for you and me today as well. I I wanted to wonder if there was anybody who's already eaten all of their Advent calendar, but I won't cause you any embarrassment by asking you to raise your hands this morning. I hear that there are people actually in Derby that have gone through the Advent calendar, they're now on their second, but it might just be a rumor. See, the message of Advent is although we have to wait, God answers. Although we have pain and suffering, God ultimately heals. Although we can be without hope in an anxious world, He can become our hope in an anxious world. God didn't just send the answer by mail or text or Instagram post or TikTok. He came himself. Emmanuel means God is with us. And Jesus says to us, I am with you. Our hope this Christmas is not that our life might be perfect, not that our life might be without waiting, not that our life might be without anxiety, but our hope is that whatever we face, Jesus Christ is right next to us and the Holy Spirit is with us. I am with you. Hope comes at Christmas because hope is here in the stillness, in the quiet in the waiting, in the pain, in the disappointment, in the joy, in the celebration. God's promise is always, I am with you. Matthew 28 and verse 20, Jesus speaking says this, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You might need to As you leave this service today, that might be the thing that God just impresses on your heart, but not just on your heart, on your soul and on your mind, that whatever you're facing, whatever you go through, I am with you always. There'll never be a moment, there'll never be a second, there'll never be a nanosecond when God is not walking with you in your life. The early Christians and followers of Jesus took this promise literally, and we've taken it literally for 2,000 years. I take it literally even today, don't you? Here's some of how those first Christians expressed it. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, never, never will I leave you, never will I will save you. So we say with confidence... The Lord is my helper. Did you catch that? So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? These people who wrote this were being persecuted for their faith. They actually were losing jobs because they followed Jesus. They were losing homes and they were losing families for following Jesus. And sometimes they were losing their own lives. But they said... So we will say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. Confidence in the trial was 
that there is hope. That hope is the, as a name, and that name is Jesus, and that person of Jesus was right there with them. Do you know that God is with you? My prayer is that you'll be certain of that, that God is with you. Do you know, you know that God is your helper? My prayer is that you will, you will know that. And the final thing, and I invite the worship team to come back, is Jesus is Savior. The name Jesus means God saves. Matthew 1 and verse 21 again. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means God saves. He is your savior. He is my savior. But not just our savior. He's the savior of the whole world, of the whole humanity. And he saves us, the scripture tells us, from our sins. The best way for me to describe sin today is that sin is choosing my way over God's way. Sin is choosing my way over God's way. And sin in the Bible always leads to separation, destruction, and ultimately death. The very first story told in the Bible, told over the first three chapters of Genesis, is how God makes us in his image and he creates a world in which we can flourish and a world in which we can thrive as we follow him. But a story unfolds that shows how we choose our way over his way. And don't we still do that? Choose our way over his way. And when we do that, the consequences are separation from God, our relationship with God destroyed, separation with, from others, our relationships with others destroyed, and separation from our true self made in the image of God. I want you to know today, wherever you are, Stocksbridge, Rotherham, Sheffield, Derby, here in Chesterfield, Jesus saves us from our sins. He rescues us from that separation. He rescues us from separation from God. He rescues us from separation in our relationships, but he rescues us from the separation that we have from our true self made in the image of God. He restores our relationship with God. And that's where he starts. That's where he begins. He says, come to me, all you who are weary. He, he calls his disciples and says, come and follow me. Follow me. The disciples often ask Jesus, where, where are you going? Where will following you lead? And he just says, come and see. Come and follow me. He restores a relationship. And that's the start. That's the beginning. The beginning of a journey where we can experience healing. The beginning of a journey where we can experience being restored and peace. Where we can become a non-anxious presence in this world of hurry. That's the key to our hope knowing God. It all flows from our relationship with him. And he invites you today. And he invites me today. He invites you in Stocksbridge. He invites you in Sheffield. He invites you in Rotherham today. He invites you in Derby. He invites us in Chesterfield today into that relationship. He simply says, come to me. I can give you hope. He says, I'm the hope that you need. Jesus' name means God saves. And his name shows us the hope that only he can give. He's the way. He's the truth. 
He's the life. Jesus is God with us. The one who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he's the one who can save us from our sins.